0: Welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to my desk, where I am today. and not with Rabbi Mike Foyer. The summertime schedule is a little bit different, so we're just trying to figure out how to uh, reconnect. Uh, his Wednesdays are different now, so uh, we'll figure it out, though, for you folks. But in the meantime, I'm at my beloved desk. And the reason I say the word beloved is because... Do you ever just look around and say, like, "I love my, I love my life. I love my sunglasses. I love my kids. I, I, I'm so thankful for this thing or that thing. Uh, I'm so thankful for my body and my brain uh, and just the the ability to take a deep breath, <sighs> right? That's just so. Uh, it's so important to just be thankful for all that we we really have been granted. If you just look around you, you could see there's so much that you could be thankful for, and the little things, this framed photo that I like, or you know. Just the little things are—it's—it's are, are, it's important to be thankful for them, um, and I am very, very thankful for this Torah portion called Balak, because I find it to be just fabulous to the point that in my mind it's like a going to a major cinema movie. It's like it's like it's like you've been waiting for many months for this movie to come out, and here it comes. This is definitely one of my favorite Torah portions. And I just get excited about it. I just get excited about it. And that's because it's just extremely visual, extremely narrative-y. And if you're like me and you love stories uh, and you love literature and you love the Tanakh stories, especially in terms of loving stories and literature, there's nothing better than godly literature. And then this most... uh, Oh, there's one more thing that I love as uh, uh, I love when things are very symmetrical symmetrical very symmetrical and there's a beautiful rhyme and symmetry in this week's Torah portion we're going to see that in just a second um, so let's start with the story of of the, the the Torah portion is called Balak right it's called Balak which is really about the uh, king of the the Midianim the Midianites uh, actually uh, it's a, it's an interesting thing the the king that we're going to be talking about is his name is it was originally Tsur the Midrash says he is going to be the king, I have to correct myself, of the Moabites, but he is a Midianite prince. So the, the Midianites kind of loaned the Moabites a king. And the, uh, the Moabites were very concerned about the in, incoming Jewish people where they saw them destroy the two kingdoms of the giants, Sichon and Og. And even though Israel had skipped the Moabites, and were kind of not supposed to touch their land, they sensed that somehow at the end they're going to lose their land to the Jews. So they hired this, uh, this king who was once a, a, Mo, a, a Midianite prince, but they made him King Balak, and they thought that he was going to organize an army and prepare for war. However, Balak announced there's no point in going to war against Bnei Israel because they will lose. We will lose. We will lose to them. Bnei Israel's victories are obviously godly and extraordinary, um, and so therefore we got to find out their secret power and, and attack that specific thing. Well, they figured out that the secret power is the power of speech and the power of Moses' prayers. So they decided that we must find someone who also has supernatural powers, someone whose power of speech matches that of Moshe Rabbeinu. So they, the, these Moabites immediately thought of the right person. His name is Bilam. Now, Bilam lived in faraway Aram, he was famous throughout the land for his talent in explaining dreams, and it was said that if he cursed someone, that person was in trouble for bilam 's curses always came true. Bilam was also a powerful magician a lot of times back then in the uh, in, in that world um, before before monotheism spread so much in the pagan world, people practiced witchcraft um, and he had the ability to do this through the power of Tum'ah, impurity uh, King Balak himself was also an expert magician And he knew that Bilam practiced magic If the two of them combined forces and worked together They might be able to harm the Jews with their black magic uh, So that is the kind of preface Of why they, uh, they called uh, Bilam The evil anti-prophet Into uh, to the camp of the Moabites In order to curse the Jewish people that's the that's the subtext- that's the kind of pretext of the story um, uh, there was one other power that Bilam had, which was a superpower, which is kind of really scary, which is that he had the ability to focus on the moment in the day when God is angry at the world and at Israel. There's this like special moment in the day where God is ticked off at the Jews, and you know what. <laughs> It's just a surprise there's not more of that, right? There's a surprise that God is so merciful and so kind that there's only kind of one moment in the day where there's an inflection point, where there's like a, like a moment of anger. And every day early in the morning there's this moment where God is angry both at Israel and at the world. And now, Bilam knew how to focus in on that moment. If he cursed someone at that exact moment, the curse would come true because of Hashem's anger. Uh, Bilaam had another power, which was called the evil eye. If he turned his eye to somebody, his evil eye, destroying angels in heaven would harm that person. Uh, he basically knew also how to either curse a person or bless his enemies. That was, that was his power. Now, to me, the, the thing that I want to focus on here is, okay, so you have powers. You even know how to exploit God. You know god 's weakness as it were, as it were, right and and we have to be very careful we 're not talking here in any way that that a person uh, ha- somehow has power over God, and in fact that 's the polytheistic pagan worldview that mankind can somehow um, tweak the god 's plural um, particular moods of the day or their actions by kind of tweaking something that you do, you give the offering this way or you do it in this place and you add another thing, you could actually kind of bait the gods, if it were, as it were. But, um, uh, but what, what I think is, is, is more important for us to understand in our monotheistic, God-centered world is that, is that Balak somehow knew how to exploit certain aspects of God. And there are different aspects of God. And if you kind of, you you can serve as the prosecutor in this world for the Jewish people. You could find flaws in them, or in the world. And basically, if there is a a, a side to God, and we've read about it in in the Torah, that God was disappointed in the world, that uh, that God kind of uh, wanted to undo the world, but then Noah found favor in his eyes. But if you knew how to kind of be the prosecutor... Or exploit that moment where God is, where God is upset at the world, uh, then you can have a power. You have, you have a certain power, maybe a godly type power, or, or, or able to harness a certain godly energy that's out there. And while that is certainly a power, it lacks the w- true will of God. Okay, so you know how to exploit God a little bit, but did you understand the true will of God? Okay, so you, you got him in his moment of anger. You got him to, to lash out, as it were. But, um, but what, was the, what was the real thought of God? Not that one moment of anger, but the broad picture. He loves the Jews. He wants to bless the Jews. He wants to bless this world. And th- that is, to me, um, and we'll see it in two other cases here about, uh, about Bilam. Not only did he have an Ein Hara, which is the evil eye, he also had what they call Ein Tzara, a, a very myopic, myopic outlook, and a myopic sense of history, a myopic sense of God's will, um, and a myopic outlook, purposeful, myopic outlook at what Israel is. And, and I think I'll try to explain to you throughout that I think this is also a great attack on the Jewish people today through a certain effort to myopically uh, present the story of Israel and thereby curse it. And I'll, I'll explain that along the way. So let's get to the text. And as I said before, Balak saw that Israel uh, is what they did to the Emirates and they started becoming very afraid of Israel. And therefore, he sent these messengers to Bilam. The son of Beor, Ptora, Ptora is far away, probably uh, in the uh, on the Euphrates, uh, because it says al, anar, al, al Hanahar on the on the river, and that usually means on the Euphrates River. Uh, and um, and he says, uh, listen, there's 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 a people that have come. They are covering the eye of the land. They now sit opposite me, threatening me. Uh, please uh, come to me and curse for me uh, this nation, because he's much more powerful than me maybe um i will be able to strike it and kick them away from the land because i know that whatever you curse uh, whatever you bless is blessed whatever you curse is cursed so when they when they get to these these messengers come to uh, bilam he says okay uh, sleep here tonight and i will let you know what god is uh is going to do for me and immediately there's the disappearance of the Midianites there 's the Moabites and the Midianites come there, and suddenly the Midianites are gone. It says that the, the Moabites sat with him that, that night it, it 's because there's a, there was a simple conclusion that the Midianites reached, which is this guy 's not all powerful this guy has to wait to hear what God tells him. This is a lost cause we'll never we'll never get uh, we 'll never get this God to curse the Jewish people. They just understood that, and maybe because the Midianites also had uh, don't forget that uh, one of their high priests in the past, before that, was Jethro. I guess they had, uh, they, and, and Moses lived amongst them, so they already had a sense of what was going on. So they, they were out of there. God, said, God comes to Bilaam and he says, who are these people? Now, there's a few places in the Torah where you have, uh, where you have God kind of asking a question innocently, uh, as though God doesn't know, and kind of scoffers and, and fools think that this means that God doesn't know. No, it just means that God gives you a chance to repent, He gives you a chance to kind of meet, meet God halfway and, and to say, uh, uh, you know, yeah, well, these people came and they want me to curse Israel. Is that the right thing to do? Um, so uh, Bilam says, says uh, almost verbatim, he says, okay, they came to, uh, to ask me to curse this nation. So God says to him, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the nation because it is blessed. So Bilam gets up in the morning and he actually tells the messengers messengers of Balak, uh, sorry, God has denied me the ability to do so. And um, and I can't go with you because I can only say what and we're gonna see this over and over again. I can only say what God gives me the right to say. So the messengers of, of the Moabites went back to King Balak and they said Bilam is not willing to go with us. So then so then Balak thought. Thought in his kind of uh, uh, outlook, which is that uh, his his pagan outlook, which is that okay, well, he wants more. He doesn't really mean that God doesn't want to do it. He just means uh, he was he wants more money. He wants more respect. So he sent more important messengers. He sent ministers, and they said Balak ben sipor says, "Don't uh, Balak the, the king Balak says, you know, don't don't delay coming to me because I'm going to give you lots and lots of respect." Come here and and please curse the nation for me. And then he says, uh, if Balak will give me his whole house, a full of gold, I wouldn't be able to do against the will of God. But some of the uh, some of the commentary says he was actually naming his price. I mean, uh, your house full of gold. Uh but but he says, you know what? But but let me check once again. Right. And so here, there's also an element of um, let me check with God once again. Let me ask God. So stay here tonight. Let me ask God once again. There's an element here of uh, let me let me try my luck again. So th- there's something a little bit anti-Godish in this second attempt, right? And we're gonna we're gonna see that there's the there's a there's this recurring attempts to do something bad and it kind of leads to more and more trouble so God comes to Bilam and he says uh, if these people came to call for you go with them but only do what I have instructed you to do so Bilam gets up in the morning and he uh, saddles his donkey his she-goat now this she-goat is going to be a very important player and a very very important character in kind of... Uh, a character of characters a famous character in world uh, literature and that is this uh, talking she goat well this this she goat she's not talking yet and uh, not goat uh, she donkey i'm sorry she donkey right let's just say donkey okay but i mean a she donkey a female donkey uh so he he gets up and he's going to uh prepare the donkey saddle the donkey by himself well doesn't he have helpers well, the, the, the sages like to say, you see how much hate he actually had for Israel himself, and so he rushed to saddle the donkey. Anyway, so he, they're heading on the way on the donkey, and they're going all the way from the top of the Euphrates down to you know a long journey, and suddenly the angel of God is standing in its way. And, uh, and he is riding on his donkey and his two lads are walking beside him. And she, this donkey, sees the angel of God and she sees that he's got a sword drawn, probably for killing. And so the she donkey is going to make three moves, maneuvers. The one is going to be to, uh, to kind of go the wrong way. The second one is to kind of squish against the wall and squish... Uh, Bilam's leg and the third one is just going to be to crouch under in fear in the meantime Bilam is going to strike this she donkey mercilessly hit and hit and hit now if you're one of the Moabites and you're watching this and the Talmud speaks about this if you're watching Bilam hitting his donkey and he can't control his donkey then it's like you want to curse the Jewish people you can't control your own donkey, let alone control God. moreover we're going to learn that the donkey sees something that big prophet wizard Bilam can't see, so it 's like dude you you want to do something that God doesn't want you can't even you, you think you're you're a person that's all seeing you can't even see the the angel of God drawn before you, and your donkey can see it and so for three times. Uh, uh, Billam is going to strike the donkey. Uh, and at the end. Um, at the end, God opens up the mouth of the donkey and he says to Bilam, Listen to this very, very listen to this very carefully. What have I done to you that you've hit me these three times? Now you could be kind of surprised that your donkey's suddenly speaking. But Billam says to the donkey. For you have, uh, for you have um, mocked me or bothered me. You've bugged me or annoyed me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would have now already killed you. And listen to what the donkey replies. Th- that could have been the end of the conversation. But the donkey says, Am I not the donkey that you have ridden since the beginning? From the beginning of your like, riding life till today? Do I really deserve this treatment? Haven't I not, in other words, haven't I been a loyal servant to you? And he, do I deserve to get hit like this and to be spoken to like this? And he says, no. Now, what is really the donkey saying? The donkey saying is, I understand that you have a moment of anger right now. Which, and, and I get it that you would kill me in a moment of anger, but is that really just? Is that really just, can you see the whole history for a second? Can you see the bigger picture of, of the history that we, you and I have had together? Um, is that then right, when you see the whole history, is that right then to treat me like this? And he, to, he has to answer no. Remember what I said back just a few minutes ago that, that Balaam had this power of seeing God's anger. And he had, to, he had the power to exploit it. But is that really the will of God? Is that really what history is about? If, if you take a broader look, if you open your eyes, if you look at a, at a broader picture, is that really what the Jewish people deserve from God is a curse? Well, there's, there's been some rough moments, but, but isn't, doesn't God love the Jewish people? Isn't that his true and bigger will? And I think we've now seen twice this issue of a small outlook and a big outlook. Right, the the small outlook is, I'm angry now. I want to hit you, donkey, and I would kill you now. If I had a sword in my hand, by the way, notice he sa- Notice he says, if I had a sword in my hand, which you didn't know, and you're, you're going to learn in a second, is that the angel did have a sword in his hand to slay you. And so um, uh, the other, so the so 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 we've seen that one point that the donkey says, can you can you look bigger. Into a bigger, into longer history. Same thing we we learned about uh, uh, about the exploitation of God's anger in a small moment, but not in the real will of God, which is a much larger moment. Okay, and we'll see that a third time yet again. We'll see a, a third message, and everything here is in threes. And then there is the fourth. There's like three plus one. It's like a three, and then you get a a, a plus one. We'll see that a, a few times. In in this case, there was the three times that the donkey didn't do what they want. The plus one was uh, then the angel revealed himself, and that and I forgot to say that to you. The angel reveals himself to uh, to Bilam, and he says, um, and he and he and he suddenly sees Bilam suddenly his eyes are opened by the grace of God by the will of God, and he bows down low, and God, and the malach says to him. Why did you hit your she donkey these three times? Here it was me that, that came out to stop you because I figured out, even though I let you go, says God, I, I understand that in your heart you didn't want to go to do my will, but you wanted to curse the Jewish people. And so therefore I came to stop you. Now your she donkey saw me and she, she feared me. I, you know what I could have done? I would have killed you now. And her I would have kept alive. So you're really, you're really Billam, you're not all that. You don't see what your donkey sees and you certainly can't even control an animal, let alone trying to control me. And in the meantime, when he's striking his donkey and having this whole thing, the, the Moabites are looking and they're like, "Uh, this guy is not all that. He's not as powerful as he makes himself out to be. So Billam says to the angel, I have sinned because i didn 't know that you are standing against me, and if you want, I could turn around, so the angel of God says, no, you go and just do only what I tell you to do. Next scene is that Balak King Balak, sees that Bilam is coming to his city and uh and we are told exactly where that is, and Balak says to Bilam, i sent you I sent for you why didn't you come to me didn't you know that I was going to give you honor so Bilam says here um I can't do anything but what God puts into my mouth. And we we, we we again finish off this Aliyah. We finish off almost six out of seven Aliyahs finish up uh, with this theme, I can't do anything but what God puts into my mouth. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be three scenes of the effort to curse the Jewish people. And I'll just tell you, I'll start with the first one which is they come to this place, which is an overlook. And Balak uh, offers up uh, both sheep and cattle. And he brought him up to the heights of Baal. And from there he saw the edge of the people, K'tseha'am. We're going to keep on getting this little message. I'm just going to show you the edge of the people. Somehow we're going to climb up a cliff and we're going to go see something that we don't see the whole of the people. We need to see the edge of the people. We need to see the edge of the people. Why is that important? Because it goes back to that theme of how do you curse? Can you find a little point of anger in God to exploit? Or can you see the edge of the people? In other words, can you see something bad or negative in the people that will allow you to curse? Can you, can you evoke A feeling of negativity about israel by exploiting a small dark moment showing a video of the police harassing ethiopians showing an arab or palestinian person being somehow uh uh, dealt with roughly by the army or the police then if you could show that to the world and be like this is israel then you've taken the edge you haven't seen the big picture you haven't seen that this is the most uh, kind, the most decent country in this whole region by far. You haven't shown the, the Arab you know, population getting education, having their babies in our hospitals, etc. You're showing just an edge. And so you can curse the people. And this herein is the key to the narrative war which we face today. It's not about the big picture. Exactly the opposite. It's about exploitation of a small picture. And, uh, and showing that off to, uh, to, trying to pawn that off as the real disgusting Israel. Can you curse the world? Can you curse Israel now? And what's going to happen here is that Bilaam uh, um, B- 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 says to Balak, stand near your burnt offering while I go. Perhaps Hashem will happen towards me and he will show me something and I could tell you. And so um, God appeared to Balaam and he said, I have prepared and, 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 and Balaam says to God, I've prepared the seven altars and brought up a bull and ram on each altar. And then ha- Hashem put something in Balaam's Bilaam's mouth and he said, go back to Balak and thus you shall say. And basically they say that he put like a, I forgot the proper word for it, but he put a, like a, like a, there's a, there's a word for it. Like he, he made it that he could not speak anything, but that God didn't want him to speak. He was forced to say what God wanted him to say, and, uh, he, and he starts with a parable, and the parable is basically that, uh, that, that he says in his parable, well, you, Balak called me to curse Jacob. Come curse Jacob for me. Come bring anger upon Israel. How can I curse? God has not cursed. How can I anger? Hashem is not angry. And basically, he sees the beauty of Israel. He sees the beauty of Israel, and it says, a nation that will dwell in solitude and not be reckoned amongst the nations. Who has counted the youth of Jacob or assigned a number uh, to them, to Israel? And, 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 and he gives this kind of beautiful, this is the intro uh, prophecy, and it's all very beautiful about Israel. So, so Balak, King Balak is like, uh, dude, that is at all not what I asked you to do. So he, says to, so he says, well, this is what God made me do. So Balak says to him, okay, okay, come with me to a different place from which you will see them. However, you will only see the edge and you will not see all of it. And you could curse them from there. Again, same theory. If I could just show you a little bit of them, you could find something negative in them. And also this harkens back to what I said before about the idolatrous worldview, which is um, that you can control God by kind of tweaking things. Same thing happened. They make the offerings uh, and Hashem put a different utterance in the mouth of, of Bilam, and he says, um, he declaimed his parable and said, Stand direct, O Balak, and hear. Give me ear, O son of Zippor. God is not man that he should be deceitful nor a son of man that he should relent. Meaning to say, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, really exploit God. You can't manhandle God. He's not like one of your idols. He's not one of your cultic gods. And now he goes on and he says he, and here here's his uh, his, his prophecy. He says he perceived no God, perceived no iniquity in Jacob, and saw no perversity in Israel. Hashem is his guide. In Hashem, his guide is with him, and the friendship of the king is in him, or the blowing of the trumpet is with him right? And we say this, we say this on Rosh Hashanah, And again, he blesses the Jewish people. And so Balak gets very upset here, King Balak, and he says, neither shall you curse them at all, neither shall you bless them at all. And again, Balak says, I'm only doing what God forced me to say. I can't do anything else. Okay, so King Balak says for the third time. Now see that this is an exact parable of what happened with the donkey. You had three times that, uh, that he couldn't control, that Bilam couldn't control his donkey, and so too three times that Balak can't control his donkey, if you will, which is Bilam, this, this evil wizard. Uh, finally, he says, let me take you to another place, that you will see the Jewish people. But this time, he does not say that I'm going to take you to see just the edge of them. He just says, okay, let's just try something else. I'll take you maybe, maybe you, It says, go now, I shall take you to a different place. Perhaps it will be proper in God's eyes that you will curse them for me from there. And this time, this time, not only does he probably see all of Israel, but also it says that Balaam saw that it was good in Hashem's eyes to bless Israel. So he did not go like the other times, towards divinations. But he set his face towards the wilderness and saw, basically saw Israel. And he saw Israel dwelling according to its tribes. And then the Spirit of God was upon him, like a, a different kind of spirit. And he declaimed his parable and said, he says, How goodly are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. Matovu, matovu, o halecha Yaakov, mishkanotecha Israel.'" How beautiful it is to see the Jewish people together. How beautiful is it to see a Jewish people in the land of Israel. How much of a fulfillment of a great prophecy that is. There's nothing greater than to see the Jewish people united and their tents united, living in peace together in harmony. He says, um, he continues to bless Israel and he says, um, that the Jewish, he he blesses the Jewish people with the, uh, recalls the story of the Exodus. He says, God took them out of Egypt according to the power of his loftiness. He will consume the nations that oppress him and crush their bones, and his arrows shall pierce them. And uh, and basically at the end he says, his last phrase of the third blessing is, those who bless you are blessed and those who cursed you are cursed. And this is an obvious playback to the story of Abraham. And so... Balak, his pair is on the one hand Moses and on the other hand Abraham. It harkens back to Abraham. So Balak, King Balak is now angered at, at Bilam, and he claps his hands and he says to curse my enemies that I summon you and behold you have continually blessed them these three times. Now flee to your place. I said I would honor you but behold Hashem had prevented you from receiving honor. So Bilam sa- says to Balak I told you. If Balak were to give me a houseful of, of silver and gold, I cannot transgress the word of Hashem to do good or bad on my own. Whatever Hashem speaks to me, I speak. And then he, ha- he uh, throws out a fourth. This is the three plus one. And uh, Rabbi Et Shalom, who I really appreciate so much, calls this uh, the denuma, which is spelled in a very tricky way. Uh, it's spelled uh, D E. N-O-U-E-M-E-N-T, like denument, but really it's denouement, or denouement, which is the final, I think it's with an N at the end, denouement, which is the final part of a play, movie, or narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together and matters are explained or resolved. All right, that's pretty cool, right? Uh, That's a a cool word. Uh, And its origin is French. Uh, mid-18th century French. In any case, beautiful word. And it means like, you know, the, the, the grand finale when everything gets put together. And so uh, he gives, you know, it's like, you get, I asked you for three uh, times to curse, you gave me three blessings. And then it's like, okay, but here's the plus one. And the plus one is uh, basically that, um, that Jacob is going to destroy its enemies. That's the, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, um, Amalek is the first among nations, but it's the end will be eternal destruction. Right? And he kind of looks at all the different nations and he says, uh and he says at the end, um the other nations will be destroyed. That's what he sees. He sees the, the nations being destroyed. By the way, th- this is another theory that, that I, I I talked about last week that I want to really write about. One of the most amazing things about about the Jewish people, Israel, is our victory. Now, our victory isn't always in war. Sometimes it is. But other times it's just an outlasting and having, having this power of eternity. And so the interesting thing is that the Hebrew word nitzachon is the same as the word netzach, which is eternity. And so that is something that's amazing to me. And again, one of my favorite names, and, and people that listen to the show know, my favorite name for Jerusalem is ir HaNetzach, city of eternity, or eternal city. That is the truest, to me, most powerful name of, of Jerusalem the eternal city where where live the eternal people who and the city and the people are eternal because they are plugged into the real eternal which is god and god's place is in jerusalem that's his abode and yet and and jerusalem he sits in jerusalem but jerusalem or the world can really and the world and even israel cannot really contain him he contains us we do not contain him um and that, and then, and then, uh, Bilam leaves. And later on, we're going to learn in a few parshas that he actually gets killed uh, because of his uh, because of his treachery. And his treachery is back to the story of the uh, uh, like like this whole time we've been away from Israel. We've been looking at Israel from a distance. Remember what I told you that if you look at Israel from a distance, you only look at, at the edge. You can find something to curse. But in the end, he had to see Israel en masse, en banc, if you will, which is a law school school word, which means, you know, en banc means like the whole tribunal sits together uh, strong. I'll just read to you the definition because I I like words like this. In law, an en banc session, from French meaning to say in bench, uh, is a session in which a case is heard before all the judges of a court, before the entire bench, rather than by a panel of judges selected from them. Okay? Uh, an review is often used for an unusually complex uh, cases or cases considered to be of greater importance, importance and that's also from the Torah, right? Sometimes you have a bigger court of 23 that's going to judge matters of life and death death, and that's an right? They're all there. In any case, uh, now we're going to zoom back into uh, the Jewish people uh, in small and something does happen which is super negative and that is uh, the story... So, so there's a contrast because six of the seven aliyot are this incredible vision of Israel and the, the, the will to curse Israel, but in the end having to bless. But when you come down into the nitty-gritty, and that's another amazing part of this Torah portion, which is that there's... Th- when you did zoom in, or or when there... Or, or, and what we're going to learn is that Bilam did have a piece of advice about how to destroy Israel. And that is through... Um, promiscuity licentiousness and distancing god away from them through sin and basically the idea was that the moab the daughters of moab would whore after the jewish people get them to kind of eat with them sleep with them and then and then bow down to their gods and, and the Jews became, uh, the, 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 these women invited the people to the feasts of their gods. The people ate and prostrated themselves to their gods. Israel became attached to Baal Peor, and the wrath of Hashem flared up against Israel. So Hashem said to Moses, tell all the leaders of the people, hang them before Hashem against the sun, and the flaring wrath of Hashem will withdraw from Israel. Kill the, the people who are attached to this thing. Moses said to the judges, let each man kill his men who were attached to Baal Peor. So so there's now there's infighting, there's horrible infighting in the camp, even though it's by the word of God, it's a horrible thing. And now there is yet again here uh, a a kind of uh, a, a, a climax. That climax is that a man of the children of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman near to his brothers in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the entire assembly of the children of Israel. And they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He came to, he brought this girl... And we'll understand in a second that he was cohabiting with this girl publicly and really repudiating everything that Israel and its tents that are aligned in holiness and togetherness stands for. So then Phinehas, Pinchas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the Kohen, saw, and he stood up from amid the assembly and took a spear in his hand. He followed the Israelite man into the tent and pierced them both, the Israelite man and the woman, into... Uh, their private place, and this is another kind of sign that they were cohabiting, and that he kind of speared them speared them through and then the plague was halted from israel the The amount of people that died in the plague were twenty four thousand so that 's how the Torah portion ends, and the Torah portion ends in in, in a purposeful um, kind of like the big picture of Israel is beautiful and amazing, and yet. The, the infighting in, inside the camp and, and the licentiousness, promiscuity, it, it, it actually worked to distance God away and to kill the Jews. And that's the only way to really destroy the Jews. And even that's impossible. But the only way to really fight with the Jews is to get them to sin, is to get them to assimilate out, not just by marriage, but by, by culture and all this stuff, and just to do the things that, that are not meant to be done um and so you know um by the way think about having a pride parade in tel aviv that is not exactly a great uh thing for the jewish people and very well maybe the counsel of our enemies to distance god away from us and maybe by keeping that that parade as far as possible from jerusalem that's that's an important thing these are these are questions and i'm not in any way uh i'm not in any way telling you how to to behave about this you should speak to your to, 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 to your rabbi about this But my, my point is is I can understand Given the story The tension over this thing And if you want to look at it In a total secular way People who read this, these stories May be motivated to act To stop this kind of behavior In, 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 uh, in Jerusalem or in the land of Israel And you can understand Where sociologically it's coming from But let's look at it in, in the way that the Torah Is actually guiding us In any case Uh, we will learn that it was Bilam's advice to Balak about how to actually effectuate loss amongst the Jews is through uh, uh, getting them to sin. And so the large picture is that the attempts to curse the Jewish people are for naught, and in the end, the Jewish people are blessed, uh, and all those attempts— are just, uh, they actually serve to actually give us some of the most beautiful phrases that only somebody from the outside could give us. Because I don't think we would bless ourselves and and, and say these beautiful things about ourselves. So you needed that outside force. Somebody would look at it from the outside. Uh, We learned about the distance between looking at something from a very thin, myopic point of view, obtuse point of view. How could you be so obtuse? What movie is that from? Uh, if you want to send me hashtag how could you be so obtuse uh, that would be uh, that would be great is it purposeful um, is it intentional that that is uh, um a line from a movie i'm sure you know what it is. You could send me a hashtag on that um, and uh the other side of this this beautiful gorgeous torah portion is the other side, which is the sinning and the moral uh moral What's the word I'm looking for here? Turpitude or or moral bankruptcy that was the challenge against Moses and and really try to bring a new generation to this moral bankruptcy. And then yet again a new hero is born. A new hero is born, Phineas Pinchas, and he's going to be the uh that's the word. Is not, uh, not he, he. He is going to turn down the line into the uh, personage of Elijah the prophet, Eliyahu NaVi, coming soon. Elijah, and he, um, uh, his 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 great zealousness for God is the characteristic trait of of Elijah, uh, and Elijah is with us. By the way, I saw recently. That, that Elijah appears himself to us every single day. Every single Jewish person and lover of God sees Elijah every day. You just got to, I try to identify him. You got to kind of see him. Elijah is also like Waldo, okay? He's there. He appears. But you got to kind of look for him. You got to kind of recognize him. There's little Elijah moments throughout your day. And I, and I really bless you to see Elijah in your life, to see, and, and may he... Uh, uh, say hello to you. That's considered a, a great blessing when Elijah says hello to you in your in your in your life, in your day, uh, or in a dream. Uh, that's considered a a good a good omen, if you will, that Elijah says hello to you. May we all hear the the voice of Elijah te- teaching us the great truths uh, uh, hidden in the Torah. This is a beautiful Torah portion called uh, uh, Balak, uh, and I wait for all year, and it's very exciting. And I hope that you could share it with uh, your your friends your spouse, your, 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 your workers, your co-workers, and especially the kids, because I think it does a great job really getting the kids excited uh, and the talking donkey and, and and the evil prophet, the wizard, and and all this stuff. It's, 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 it's highly intense, and it competes with any junk that they may watch on TV or any good thing they watch on TV. Any case, folks, I want to bless you a lot here from the Land of Blessings from Judea, uh, and uh, we have a great next segment for you because Malka is on. We already recorded it, so I can tell you it's fun and funny and controversial. There's controversy there, so you'll enjoy it. So stay tuned to that. I also want to thank the good folks at it the, the true blue Jew string, okay? Get your Jew strings going. Get, get them get them rocking. Get them flying. Uh, and that's at dot com. I highly recommend it. Uh, and, of course, our good friends in Chevron, the Chevron Fund, will bring you to the Jewish community of Hebron so you go to Jerusalem, spend three days in Jerusalem, and one of those days uh, come to Hebron and see the four fathers and mothers. Come to Hebron with the Hebron Fund. All right, folks. I hope you're enjoying yourselves. I hope you're you're, you're feeling more connected to God. Uh, I love uh, being with you here and talking Torah. And we'll be back with uh, great stuff with Malka Fleischer right after the break. Here we go. God bless. Shalom, and see you right back in a second. josh Haston here israel uncensored on the land of israel network at thelandofisrael.com check out my latest show this week with the one and only israel may Dad. hear how things are developing for the jewish
1: community in judea and samaria we believe that it's part of israel we believe that it will be part of israel but if you come to a court of law we are israeli citizens living in a military government ruled Area which is not fully sovereign in the state of Israel.
0: You don't want to miss this show only here on Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live. from Judea to the world, you're a part of it wherever you are, and we're a Judean family, and that is why I uh, live with this fabulous lady named Malka Fleischer. Yes, Shalom. thank you. You are you are the Judean. You're such a Judean.
1: It's hashtag Judean princess. I
0: was talking about this. Uh, that's right. We got a lot of Judean princess, and you also got a lot of carrot cake suggestions. Yes.
1: On last week's show, in case you somehow missed very sadly last week's show, we talked about how I need a good carrot cake recipe. The truth is, after the show, I kind of forgot about it because it was just one of those things that like we're schmoozing and we're talking about the things. And I tell you about that I like carrot cake, which I incidentally is my favorite kind of cake. And then all of a sudden, I'm like on WhatsApp, I'm getting like, like just pictures, like different people are sending me pictures. And I'm like opening them and it's like someone's cookbook like a page with like a schmear on it. And it's like carrot cake recipe. Right. And they're like this is really good. And the cream cheese frosting recipe. And I got a few people who reached out to me with carrot cake recipes. Mm-hmm. Now I don't make so much carrot cake. I only made, I've only ever made it once really. But now I have to make a bunch of carrot cakes so that I can try them all. And I really want to thank everybody yeah. for reaching out.
0: I too am excited about this. Because
1: carrot cake is delicious. And, and I, I, I want to mention
0: two people that sent a carrot cake recipe. One of them was, uh, our good name, our good friend, brother Eric. Brother Eric. That's right, our brother Eric, our, our beloved uh, uh, Dominican monk, who's our just good friend, the good listener, and just a, a, yeah. But a buddy. he didn't
1: just send me a no. recipe. His mom, who is the mo- one of the most Renaissance women that I've ever not officially met, she first of all, when I had my first child, she and her friends got together because there are people on this planet. Who still quilt, she and her friends got together. It must have taken, I don't know, 75,000 hours of quilting to make this most gorgeous quilt that you've ever seen in your whole entire life that we use as our summer blanket
0: it's an amazing it's blanket. It's the most
1: beautiful thing. I'm like afraid to use it because it's so beautiful. It's got the, At the uh, same time, I have to use it because it's so beautiful. So we do use it. That's right. Anyway, she, she ha- in her great kindness, she and her friends sent us this blanket. Anyway, so like that's already pretty cool. But if that's not enough, so Nan Ross made her own cookbook called Nan in a Pan. And it's a really nice cookbook. I know True, you like- there's not a whole, a whole lot of kosher recipes, but you know, when you're used to like, looking at things with an eye toward making things kosher, so you can do it.
0: You, I know you like like real cookbooks.
1: I like real cookbooks of real recipes that people make. Right. I don't like this like, frou-frou. If I need to use truffle oil, it's out. Right. No truffle oil, no like, weird herbs, nothing that I can't get at my grocery store.
0: Okay, so we definitely got uh, something from our, our good friend Eric and from and from Nan, and I hope you make that carrot cake. Uh, I'm very excited. I also wanted to tell you, I didn't, I didn't uh, read this to you. First thing, it's from my friend Yechiel Yechiel Stein, who is a avid listener to the show for many years. And the first thing I just want to say hi to Yechiel because you're the man. And he also says I know my Hebrew birthday. Oh, nice. Vav Av, the sixth of Av, exactly a month, one month from today. When he sent it to me, he says. Uh, he says, tell Malka to be in touch with my wife for a good karak- oh, kugel,
1: karak- kugel karak- carrot cake kugel cake
0: recipe. But it includes a lot of sugar, so she doesn't want to make no, it much anymore. Okay. I vaguely remember Malka enjoyed it back in the good old days of Sudeshli Sheet on the Artis in Beit El. Oh, Oh, so,
1: yeah,
0: carrot. That's right. So, so years ago, you ate this carrot cake in Beitel, uh, and that's uh, that's really special. So, I got to so,
1: thank Barbara also.
0: Yep, yeah, okay. She sent you serious code, Yeah, I cake? got a, I got well, this is one of the uh,
1: carrot cake recipes from Dina Solomon's cookbook and it's all schmery, so I can tell that she really has <laughs> used it. I prefer that actually. That I know. is evidence. I know we I,
0: I know you're That attitude. means that people you don't, use the recipe. You don't trust skinny chefs. I
1: don't tr- touch skinny chefs and I don't trust people whose cookbook pages are all pristine. Like, that's
0: right. Okay, very good, Malcolm. All right. I, we also got a lot of people who wrote I know my Hebrew birthday. That's really good.
1: So wait, Because people reached out to me with carrot cake recipes, I need more help. Okay. Okay? It's even more necessary than the carrot cake. Are you ready to find out what we need?
0: Yeah, I'm ready.
1: Okay. We have these children that live in our house. They're called our children. And they are always around now because it's summertime. And we have them signed up for really cool, yet limited time summer camp day camp and that camp period is about to end and when that ends then I will be sweating bullets up in here because I don't know how to entertain my 11 year old almost eight year old and almost four year old all day every day without turning on what we all don't want to be turning on all the time which is t to the v now a little bit of T, you know. a little We don't bit have like T to the V. We have YouTube too. We have too. yeah. We don't have a but. television. We have like computer, you know, and they can put on a video or whatever. But even still, it's like a lot. It becomes a lot of
0: there's TV watching in the gym, things with your fun. eyeballs. Yeah.
1: And I want the kids to do things, and I want to feel like a non failure mother. But with this summertime, I'm feeling a little faily because it ends up that the screens are on a lot or they're playing with some kind of video game or something. Here's what I want to know, people. What do I do with my kids? Hashtag, oh, no, it's summer.
0: Okay, oh, no, it's summer. Or hashtag, what to do with the kids. Or honey, I shrunk the kids. Or anything like that. Yeah, and
1: I'm looking for things that aren't stuff like go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Right. Okay, I'm looking for things that I can do here or very locally to me that are not expensive slash free that don't require me to do very much.
0: Maka, you know just yes. as much as as anybody else out there what to do around here. I think what people can send you is activities that yes, you Yes, activities
1: create. to do, crafts, but I would need crafts that take you like 4 hours right. of totally fascinated. Wow, we've been fascinated this whole 4 hours. Okay. Type of crafts.
0: All right, I hope you're I hope you're successful with that. I hope yes, you, and me too. And, uh, and hope people send that into you. Uh, also, by the way, speaking of of children I just wanted to say that uh, this last week you went to uh, the store in Kiryat Arba and bought a lot of great children's books, and I just want to make a little shout out to, to three little books that I want people to know about. Ooh. They're they're in Hebrew, but I do want to recommend people. Well, in that,
1: Hebrew, okay, maybe you have one English one somewhere in there.
0: Uh, the Art Scroll Sitter. I don't know, but that is but, a good one. Yeah, but I, I would I do want to say very quickly uh, one uh, that Rav Rav Melamed. Of Eliezer Melamed yep. has put out an incredible set of books called *Penine Halacha*, but now there's also Pnine Halacha* for children with a type of comic books t- studying halacha, uh, and it's Jewish, beautiful.
1: Jewish law, as it is applied practically into your daily life,
0: and we're we got to do more of that. I, I hope that we take it for Shabbat where we're going to take with us. Ooh, that's uh, the, a nice idea. Yeah, it's full
1: of cool pictures and like little comics and stuff yeah. like that. It's an amazing, amazing set and it's a great uh, way to I study with, the, with kids. the kids or they can even just look at it themselves because it's like full of content but not heavy
0: chabad has put out also a new set of books called *HaTorah torah sheli my torah uh and uh what's really great about it is that it's got the torah portion the the, the sections of the of the five books of, of moses but it has to the left of it another column which is kind of trans- translation into Hebrew from like biblical Hebrew to plain right, plain like, old uh, Hebrew. Plain old Israeli uh, everyday Hebrew. It's a very good set. Uh, I really like it a lot. It's Hebrew to Hebrew. And also uh, a book that you just brought in, which I'm really excited about, which I also want to, you know who would love this? Our good friend Baruch. Our good friend Baruch would be nuts about this. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. The big B, he would love this. Big B? Yeah, he would love that. Hmm. And he would love that as a Matanah. Well, you haven't
1: said what it is yet.
0: Well, it's called Hanevuah, which means the prophecy. And I hope it comes out in English one day soon. It should,
1: yeah, because it's so beautiful. Right.
0: And it's really a book about, uh, put out by Rav Shmuel Eliyahu. And it's about the miracles of the rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And it goes through the various aspects of what the prophecies promised and it basically is, the first one is Kibbutz Kaliot, in Gathering of the Exiles. Then it's Tznu Vata which means the fertility of the land. Then it's Nitzachon Halayvim, Victory Over Enemies. Then it's Chosen Kalkali, like Good Economy. It Binyan talks ha-aretz. about all the
1: things that the Jewish people were promised. Right, with in the verses. Tanakh.
0: Right, with verses. And it goes
1: through how we're really, really... Achieving those things, or God is achieving those things for mm-hmm. us today,
0: right? And the book is called The Prophecy. Yeah, it's cool. Which and is it's full of fulfillment shows of...
1: also, but it's definitely in Hebrew. Hold on, Mami. I would love to read it, but it's a little, it's a little intimidating.
0: You didn't, you didn't f- let me finish. Okay, Binyan go. ha'aretz, which is which is building the land, including the building of Jerusalem. Chaim ve'chut chaim, life and quality of life. Shavim el hayahadut, returning to Judaism. And then finally, the last chapter, ge'ulat olam kulo, making the whole world redeemed. Um and and then it's got these pictures of all the victories here. I see the Mirage jets. Here I see all kinds of uh, uh um, uh, I see all kinds of victories, and and here I see uh the, the 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 return to different parts of the land of Israel. And I see here also Hashiva Shoftach Jewish law in the land of Israel. So it's it's really and I I I have to say I must I must really read this. I'm very excited to read it. It's a little bit even thicker than I expected. A little bit more. Uh, th- th- there's a lot of learning to be done here. But basically, it's the verses of the Jewish people returning to the last uh, land of Israel. Here's here's a verse from Isaiah, Isaiah two, uh, chapter two, verse three. Valhu amim rabim, and many nations will go. Let us go up to the Mount of God. They'll say, El <clears> Beit <throat> to the house of the God of Jacob, midrachav he'll teach us from his ways venalecha be'ochotav, will go in his in the teachings in the way that he teaches us kimtzionet Torah, from from zion shall come out torah utvarashem mi'rushalim and the word of god from jerusalem so this is isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 hey folks let's like let's like understand that that's the next big stage which is which is the the people of the world are are going are yearning to connect to israel and to learn from Israel, and, 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 and this is not because, it's so important to understand, <coughs> <coughs> it's not because we're a superior people. It's because it says it here very cle- clearly. Look, look what it says, Malkah. Many nations will go, Let's go up to the mountain of God, to the house of the God of Jacob. So it's not Jacob, it's the God of Jacob. And he'll teach it to us, Meaning to say, Jacob will teach us about the God of Jacob, and from Zion shall come forth Torah, and the Word of God from Jerusalem. My point is, is that is that the Jewish people are going to be the channels, the conduits uh, for Hashem. Why is that? Why do we get it? Why do we get that role? I don't know. And I'm not the boss of it. I just know that that's the way it is. The Jewish people were chosen to be that conduit. But the but we're really you know kind of to sound Hollywoody and trite. We're all chosen. God chose all of us if we're alive. And we're able to hear his to hear his voice, to hear his teachings. This is the the great opportunity. So the prophecy of the Jewish people returning to the land of Israel is not just about it's not just about uh, us. It's not about our redemption. It's about a global redemption. And, and I guess also, Malka, uh that that the uh, uh, books that I just mentioned, which is the study of Halacha for children, the study of Torah for children. And this book, they are also part of the redemption process. Knowledge is, is easier to attain. It's, it's, it's more out there. It's, it's for everybody. It's, it's readable. And you know what? Right now it's in Hebrew, and it's going to move to, I'm sure they're going to translate it to English. And that's also part of the redemption, the ability of Israel to be this powerhouse of, of intellectualism. Of knowledge.
1: And, and you guys listening to a radio show from Judea as part of that's it. That's right. Redemption. That's right.
0: Speaking of another part of, of, of broadcasting the redemption, uh, you and I have become, dare I say, Twitter-aholics?
1: Twitter? I don't want to be a Twitter-aholic. I, 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 every once in a while, have a day where I tweet a lot. Yeah. But I actually try not to be totally social media crazy because I can't stand the look of like everyone constantly being on their phone.
0: Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. But I have to say to you uh, that you are doing a great job Thanks. at getting stuff out there. And um, just, just just a few minutes ago, I tweeted, uh, Jason Greenblatt tweeted first. Jason Greenblatt, you know, the, the, the Trump administration. Uh,
1: Mideast envoy.
0: He's not an envoy, exactly. He's a special, special uh, assistant, special whatever. And he writes, y- y- actually, let me just make his title clear. Assistant to the 45th president of the USA and special representative for international negotiations. So he wrote, what government prioritizes terrorists over police? PA increased pay to murderers by over 11% the same time as they slash pay to their government workers and police. More harm to Palestinians than to peace. I wrote, maybe we should let the PA crumble instead of resurrecting them. So then this other dude, who's one of the heads of the, of the uh, his name is Harry Reese from the New Israel Fund, he wrote... The settler right is very clear. They want to end the end, uh, the end of Oslo. They want the PA to crumble along with the prospect for peace. They want to administer the territories directly. All aspects of Palestinian life. They want annexation. And then you wrote, you're 66% right.
1: Uh, he, he had some points right, but he had right. some points very wrong.
0: But the point is, is that here's a guy from New Israel Fund. We're engaging him, and I keep writing to him, and now he's writing to me back. But there's
1: really well, like Well, he a, trolled you, Ishay.
0: I don't I, I i don't agree with that term trolling at all. Isn't that the game? It's almost like we're playing pool. You shoot a ball of pool. you miss somebody else hits your your the ball that you hit before. It's like I don't quite understand what the word trolling was. It's as the, the word trolling in a negative sense is assuming that the normative way is that somebody writes somebody thing and nobody reacts to it. I'm just like the very essence of this platform was that we could all play around and talk and react. So therefore, why are you calling that trolling? Why don't you just call it conversing or responding? I, I don't really understand what, what is. He trolled me. I wrote something. I'm ecstatic that he trolled me. I'm happy that he responded to what I wrote on, on Greenblatt's tweet. That's, that's what I want. So I don't, I don't quite understand that, that kind of messaging. There was a guy, a hard-left guy, who uh, called me a troll and nothing but a troll. And it's not, You know what? I unfollowed him. I, like, unfollowed him. I'm like, I'm not, if you're going to call me, if you're going to rip me for conversing with you reasonably, then I don't want to talk with you. So, some of the hard people that you, that you and I follow and trolls, they're like, they let us converse with them, and they troll us back. And so we're having that, that, that intense conversation. That's all. You think that's wrong, Mommy?
1: No, I don't know. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, you also got uh, Linda Sarsour to talk about uh, Jesus's nappy hair. Okay. <laughs>
1: This um, has been. I'm not sure. Uncle, this is like a chicken and the egg. No, see, here. Uncle
0: Jay has been has been. He is he is according to Linda Sarsour a Palestinian. So you wrote. I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, and that the, he had like that he was brown, and yeah. that he had I forget what she said like nappy, kink, kinky hair, nappy or curly hair. hair, or something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. So, So
1: like, and that, like, being that being brown with curly hair is some kind of a proof that he has to be Palestinian.
0: I'm brown with curly hair.
1: So I was like, "Yo, man,
0: you have obviously never met.
1: You've obviously never seen a Jew fro, and Jews can be brown. (laughs) What's with that? I'm so resentful of that. And then they want to say that we are like somehow. You know, there's an argument also on social media that somehow. That somehow us like light-skinned Jews discriminate against Jews who are not light-skinned, right? That there's some kind of a racism against what they call Jews of color. And then she has the audacity to say that because a person's brown that they have to be Palestinian.
0: First thing, I'm a Jew of color, okay? I got color. I have color. It's light
1: peach. That's right. (laughs) I also have,
0: I'm a Jew of color. That is because I wear tchelet, Okay. And I'm no longer all white, and, and I and I wear my trailets. I get a little proud. color
1: when I roast the chicken. You know, you got to get some color.
0: Little the little potatoes, little chicken, little chicken, little potatoes. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I hear what you're color saying. On that. Yeah,
0: color, jewel, jewel color. color. Yeah. I eat Skittles. Anyway, anyway it's as many colors as you can want. I am not a Christian, nor do I follow the Christian faith in any way. But I respect. But but like no matter what though, to appropriate Uncle Jay and to make him into. A Palestinian is—that's like that. Like that's that's just not right. You know. You know. If anything, I just
1: can't believe that anyone takes her seriously about anything she says after something like that.
0: By the way you know the Christian text has one very redeeming quality for a person like me. Okay, and I'm I'm really I'm not making fun at all here. The one major redeeming quality for a person like me of the uh, Christian text, so-called New Testament, is that it's really also a uh, diary of Second Temple life. There's like a second temple standing there.
1: There's a historical element to it, right? And that,
0: it's an it's an amazing thing. So you know, it's so important that here here's a document that describes you know life with the second temple, um, and so um, and so to take that document and to now turn and this is the ultimate supersessionism. That's that's the thing. Supersessionism, like like twice over. There's the uh, you know we replace the Jews, we replace the Christians also and and the way that the islamic she she actually is following islamic doctrine by really making the what, prophets ask, what
1: gaslight everybody until they're confused and then follow your religion
0: no 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 it's to say uh, uh it's to say those prophets were great muslim prophets that's all there's to it uh, it's to see. muslimify retroactively everybody right you know what i mean just just you know so so that that's something that's something uh by the way, I never really understood if somebody wants to explain to me what the Mormons exactly do by converting Jews posthumously. I want to well, understand.
1: They're saving our souls, you shy.
0: Yeah, but I want to understand what exactly is going on over there. Like, I don't. I'm not even asking for commentary. Just they're sti- what,
1: they're stealing people. They're yeah. trying to claim people for their religion.
0: I want. I want to. I, I mean,
1: I I believe that this is probably a, an extreme minority uh, practice. I, yeah.
0: I have no. I really don't know what the facts are, and if anybody wants to that, write that to that me as
1: a religion that they're just converting. Dead people I see all day people.
0: long anyway, uh good good fun also on well, twitter we've got Maka. a
1: lot of nice controversy, yeah, we got in we, the show
0: this week we've got controversy we 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 know how to do it, we know how to make it uh, we know how to make it peppy out there and uh and, and it is peppy out there. We also have elections coming up and and here's my analysis of the elections so far. first thing, the left is resurrecting really, oh, oh my God, it just hit me. The resurrection of the dead is what the left is good at. Like that is their Jewish, their great Jewish trait. Oh, they know funny. how to, they know how to bring back Ehud Barak.
1: I can't. And, and the the I don't care what you think of Ehud Barak. The entire country groaned a deep groan when Ehud. Barak, we're just like, they. I mean, there's a good element to the fact that Ehud Barak is coming back into politics, Isha. and he was a, a former prime minister of Israel. One of the one of the good aspects of it is that you can see that the left is basically saying, "We've got nobody. We don't have any new blood. We don't have anything interesting to bring to the table. That's like a new, exciting offering. We got to like dredge up. We got to go into the what I'm saying. That's the resurrection of and the and go dead. into the corner and dust off like the old bottle of uh, of of uh, whiskey from you know the '70s and bring it back." Out to the table because that's all we we've got saved out in there out there in the corner.
0: Uh, and you forgot to mention that's uh, w- w- as you cut me off so uh, so eloquently just a second ago. I was going to say, and yet another person that has been resurrected is Amir right to head up the Labor Party. So you have this, this, uh, this, this left. So, so the left is resurrecting the dead. The right has another different problem, which is they're haughty and they've got all these very important individual people, and they don't want to become one party to the right of of Netanyahu. They are all individualists, and they, and they, and they have a great message for the people. Not that they listen to the people. No, our leaders a lot of times they don't listen to the people. They don't have a representative democracy. They have an ideas democracy, and therefore they. You know, are telling us we are great people, and I'm like, wait, you? Do you want me to hire you? Because I'm going to help you get a job. So, are you going to like listen to me for a second? Because I'm going to vote for you to represent me. But our right wing is a little bit. Uh, it, it's got. A, it's a little bit of uh, haughtiness. I just wanted to keep keep going with the theme of yes. Uh, c- controversy. Yes. Uh. So 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 we'll we shall see where the politics are. The polls are. N- I'm gonna, not going to discuss the polls. Because I don't believe in polls. Okay. And I, and I, this is not against Polish people. We learned
1: the hard way. Right. Last time. That's right. That polls don't always give you the whole picture.
0: Polls lie. But
1: if one were to look at the polls, one might be a little frustrated. That's right. Because one would see that we're on a loop. We're, We're like, our, our, our record is scratched and it keeps popping back to the same part of the song over and over again, which is that. The country is basically going to vote the same way it did last time, and then we're just going to get stuck with this non-coalition thing.
0: Yes, it's it's definitely a danger out there.
1: For five seconds, I was excited about a new election back when it had to happen and the Knesset d- dissolved, and then we were like going to get to go again. And then I thought maybe that Naftali Bennett and Ayala Shaked would come back, and like a lot of these votes that got wasted on the right would get found again and kind of like strengthen the right. I've uh, the wind is out of my sails a little bit on the uh,
0: so so I'll give you the analysis or, of that. or as
1: a, as a, I forget the name I think his name is Benny on the Lego movie the little 1980s era astronaut says you're really letting the air out of my tank
0: <laughs> Maka yeah. I want I want to say to you it's very simple these elections came at a bad time we had just spent I use that that word exactly, spent all of our energy on the previous elections. And we were just like. (sighs) And no one
1: wants to do this during summer vacation.
0: And no one wants to do this during summer vacation. Okay. Which is like nobody wants to like, the thing is our delightful, beloved, God-given gift of a country. Yes. Runs hot. It runs hot. And when the heat is actually on physically in the summer- Like it's and, in the 80s. And, and the, kids are, the kids are out of school, we just want a break. Now, we don't want a war, nor do we want an election. I think, by the way, the choice was between war and election. That's so like, I guess election is yeah, a better option. Bad. I really think that, that it actually stopped the Hamas from shooting rockets at us. Wow. So like, if we shoot rockets at them, they'll elect the right wing, and that is not a good idea. Okay? Remember the joke, by the way, we made this week about the, uh, the Saudi Arabian women? Who are oh, like,
1: that was funny. That's yeah. what we were supposed to talk about on the show. Was
0: that it when they were like uh, when they were like, said? Yeah, we with- were
1: in the car this week, and my Ishai, you did a great job of making sure that my car would pass its its uh, annual inspection. Yes. but in order to do that, first, we took it to a mechanic. and the mechanic is a little bit like far away in Kit Arba. So we took the car and then you and I, we had to go to a meeting together. so you had to drive. But then not did you, only did you have to drive. But then you had to drop off the two oldest kids at camp, which is also not in town. So you had to take them there, come back. Then you had to go pick up the littlest kid from preschool camp, which was another getting in the car. It is in town, granted, but you had to go get him and bring him back. And we had like a little joke. Now, parentheses. Obviously the fight for women's rights in Saudi Arabia is very important.
0: Absolutely. And they deserve and to And it's drive. very
1: very real. Right. But we had a little b- and it's real it's really real and we st- I personally stand with the women of Saudi Arabia and pray that they really truly get the freedoms that they're looking for. So that is closed parentheses. Now, but we were in the car and we were feeling jokey and we were like we were like we've realized in our jokey minds that the women of Saudi Arabia are geniuses, that they're actually not oppressed at all, that they're like, "Oh no,
0: I can't drive. We
1: can't drive. You r- go get the groceries, pick up the kids, go get the mail. It's get something at the mall. You I can't home. do it. I cannot drive. I have to You, great masculine person.
0: <laughs> drive the kids.: You get drive. <laughs>
1: You go get the milk yeah. from the grocery store.
0: Allah wills it. It is written. Go yes, get the milk. Yes,
1: go to the bakery, by the way, and also yeah. drop the soup off at my mother's house.
0: Get me the crescent, crescent. Get it for me. I love it. So fluffy.
1: We were like, wow. That's so Kola funny. Kavod That's right. To the women of Saudi Arabia.
0: God bless you, ladies of Saudi Arabia, and God bless this beloved and beautiful region. And I do hope that the, uh, that the uh, Arab nations around us and the Muslims around us will wake up to the fact that Israel is a prophecy coming true and a light to them and a baraka. I always tell them I always tell them blessing the Jews is baraka. It's bracha. Oh nice. Okay, that's what I tell them all the time. I'm like there is no baraka in your war against us. There's none. It has put you backwards in time. By the way, the world has moved leaps and bounds ahead in the last few years and it's just like you're like you are guys are are uh, regressive. It's time it's time to it's time to jump forward again. And it's the hate and the war that has stymied your 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 blessing. You have no blessing if you if you respect the Jews, like your Koran says, you will get barakah. I used
1: that, by the way, this, this week on Twitter. Somebody was talking to me about uh, that the Jews, you know, don't belong here and things like that, and that, that uh, and so I, I basically used one of your one of your things that you say, which is like that you're like be a good Muslim. Submit to the will of Allah. Allah has been so good to you, and He's given the Jewish people this one little land. Just submit to God's will. He has given it to this to the Jewish people, and just make peace with it. Right. He didn't respond. Like I, I had this argument with a Muslim on Twitter, and he did not respond to that.
0: Yep. Okay, folks, uh, we want to hear from you. Hashtag us with whatever you want. Get us, get us excited. Uh, and visit us on Twitter a little bit. Visit us. Uh, we do also Instagram. We do Facebook. We do all the stuff. Uh, But the best place, really, to get the real Yishai Malka is here on the Yishai Fleischer Show that's broadcasting from Judea on the land of Israel, network, a fabulous network with fabulous other show hosts uh, who do a great job at bringing you uh, inspiration, information, and uh, news from the nation, um, which is all under God's great creation. Ooh, nice.
1: Rhymeation. Yeah.
0: That is not a word. In any case, we love you a lot, and we want to hear from you. So write us an email, ishai at the com. at the landofisrael.com check out my website website fleischer dot uh, com and also donate and and easily you can uh, dedicate a show to uh, a loved one or whatever you want to uh, help spread this this knowledge and information throughout the world that's about it it's time to it's time to go Malcus. I want to yes. I want to wish everybody a lot of love from the I want a lot of blessings a lot of lo- love from God's love and a, a lot of blessings from the land of blessings yes that's amen exactly right. oh I also want to thank Moshe Herman yes and Tabitha and the B-Dog Bresky, Ben Bresky the man who, who uh, all these amazing folks who really helped get the show out to you thank you very much for being part of it I also want to thank God Almighty it's been an intense uh, few weeks already now Yesterday I was like wrung out and, and, and now I'm starting to feel the energy come back. So, so Baruch Hashem, thanks for that wonderful potato that you made for me today with, uh, it. with with beans and cheese and all that stuff. That was really good. Mm-hmm. And, That'll and, do it. Uh, and thank you, God, for all the sustenance that you give us every single yes, day. God bless you, folks, wherever you are. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. God bless you. Lots of love. And
1: Shalom. Shalom.
0: This week on Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow, an interview with Dr. Lisa Friedman, author of Hebrew book on the medieval manuscripts of Rashi. How did the Crusades affect Rashi's
1: insights? And what was his role as a leader of the Jewish people? He emphasizes the special connection of prophecy between the Jewish people and God. So if you look at each of the beginning opening Rashi's, the five books, he's strengthening the Jewish people, which is a beautiful idea. Starting each book, with a booster shot of inspiration.
0: For the full interview, check
1: out Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.